Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Ramadan, Ramadan nights on Al-Bayan Radio. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Ramadan nights. We are live on this 24th night of Ramadan. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased tonight to be joined by my dear brother, dear Sheikh. Muhammad Duash. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah, Sheikh. How are you doing today? Alhamdulillah, Allah barik fiqh. As always, it's great to have you with us live in the Bayan Radio Studios. Zakallah khair, always a pleasure, Sheikh. The pleasure is all ours. We'd like to welcome all our viewers watching live on fa- Facebook, YouTube, and wherever else you may be watching and also listening live on 107.9 FM in Sydney. We will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney until after Eid, so please tune in and benefit. And also all those listening on our apps, and uh, Wi-Fi radios. Barakallah fikum. Now, dear Sheikh, uh, we're in the home stretch, as they say. A uh, few days left in Ramadan, but the best of days. No. Any advice for before we get into the main topic regarding the last few days of Ramadan? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda amma ba'd. As you mentioned, uh, dear Sheikh, uh, we are towards the end uh, of the blessed month of Ramadan and I'm sure uh, many people are feeling uh, the same way when we say that um, this month has passed uh, extremely quick uh, and fast uh, quicker than uh, most other years that we've experienced subhanallah yes. for some reason for we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to accept from us all our righteous actions um, but if there's any piece of advice <clears throat> that we can give is to treat uh, Ramadan the way that you would treat the end of your life to treat the end of Ramadan the way that you will treat the end of your life uh, when a person is towards the end of their life whether it's through old age uh, or a, a terminal illness or whatever else to rush into doing as much good deeds as they can uh, as they know that they are getting closer to meeting Allah Azza wa Jal so we give the same advice uh, for our brothers and our sisters and ourselves also that towards the end of Ramadan we should be rushing even more uh, because we don't know if we will be blessed with experiencing another one in the following year. So, you know, a person always tries to push harder um, towards the end of the race rather than the beginning. Yeah, and uh, that you gave the... Um that that example of the racehorse, you know, at, uh, the racehorse towards the end, it is pushed to its you know, maximum. Its maximum. No. And that's how we should be uh, yeah, as Muslims towards the end of Ramadan, do as much as we can. Now, this Sheikh, <coughs> we advertise tonight's topic as the Sunnah. No. And uh, beautiful title in and of itself. And many of the books of the past were called the Sunnah. No. And we're not going to get into that. We've discussed it before. Why did you choose the topic, the Sunnah, for tonight? Um, the Sunnah, dear uh, Sheikh, uh, as you are aware and our brothers and our sisters who are listening are aware, the, the Sunnah is uh, our life. Uh, and the Sunnah is above and beyond everything. Um, and what we mean by that is the sunnah, uh, it is above every belief, it is above every system, it is above every ideology, it is above every sect, and it is above every opinion of man. 
the sunnah uh, is the greatest thing in our life. It is the purpose of our life. It is why we were placed on earth to learn it, to implement it, and to follow it. And we live in times, Sheikh, where, and this is uh, something that happens uh, throughout history always, we live in times where um, the people who uh, uphold the sunnah and love the sunnah and try to live by the sunnah, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us uh, from these people, but there comes times where the sunnah needs to be defended and the sunnah needs to be made apparent and the sunnah needs to spread and it needs to be taught. We pass through times in life, uh, episodes in life, uh, circumstances where people sometimes divert and get carried away in things and they forget the sunnah. And I feel that we are uh, in that time today with um, Ramadan uh, and in particular the the announcements, um, if we are to be frank and address the elephant in the room, the premature announcements that are being made here in, in Australia or in Sydney in particular regarding when Eid is for... A lot of talk, uh, a lot of opinions, a lot of uh, recommendations. Um, but the truth is um, our deen is very simple. And if only we went back to the sunnah That's it. and followed the sunnah, uh, it's us that complicate things, Sheikh. It's not the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. The sunnah makes things clear. The sunnah makes things clear. It and, is the clear path. And... Uh, what just came to my mind is the beautiful hadith that I have left you upon the clear straight way. Naam. It's night, it's like it's day. Naam. No one strays from it except that he is destroyed. Naam. And that's the sunnah of the Prophet Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, to put the listeners in the loop, as they say, we had one group announce that Eid is next Friday. Naam. Another group announced that Eid is Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then we have a third party saying it's all good. We'll be holding prayers Friday and Saturday. No. Whatever you like. Allah mustaan. So now Islam has become like a buffet. Choose what you like. No. So the sheikhs, the leaders, grab onto the sunnah. The no. sunnah makes this path clear. No. Like on this point, Sheikh, uh, what you're saying is uh, 100%. These um, announcements that you're speaking about, uh, we call them all premature uh, announcements. Because if we are to return to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "Sumu li ru'yatihi wa aftiru li ru'yatihi." Um, fast when you see the new moon, and break your fast when you see it. So the sunnah is regarding seeing the moon. Now, before the main issue within the communities was the within a community was the difference of opinion regarding the sighting regarding the global uh, the regional and the local but this type of if you want to call it differing or whatever else 
this was salim this was okay because it all revolved around the sighting and therefore the sunnah and therefore the sunnah so we are not talking about the difference regarding who goes local who goes regional who goes global inshallah whoever follows this believing it's the haq inshallah their ajr is with allah azza wa jal but the issue that we are combating is the calculations and the premature declaring 10, 11, 12 days uh, out of Eid uh, when Eid is. This this is not from the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal and this is not, uh, this has no basis uh, in Islam. For it is important for us that we don't get carried away and if we have being driven out to the ocean, as they say, that we find ourselves, we take ourselves back to the shore, uh, and that's by returning to simple Islam. Uh, and uh, that's why uh, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, uh, as our Sheikh and our Amir has announced, uh, and those who also uh, wish to follow the Sunnah, um, they do not. Uh, give any significance to these premature uh, يعني, announcements and will be doing what uh, is always done uh, and that is waiting to sight the moon uh, whether it's local, regional, global that's not what our topic is about but the, the sighting, waiting for the moon has become something lost amongst the people it's like we have become bigger and greater and better than the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, dear brothers, as the sheikh mentioned, that it's simple. The sunnah clarifies and makes the path clear. And that's what we should stick to at times of confusion. We yeah. all know that in the Quran and sunnah, that it tells us that if we disagree over a matter, we have confusion over a matter, then return it back to Allah and his messenger. Return it back to the Quran and the sunnah. So, as the sheikh beautifully put it, <coughs> It's best to wait to sight the moon. If the moon is sighted, then Eid is the next day. If it's not sighted, then you complete Ramadan 30 days and Eid is the following day. Nah. It's very simple. There's no need to be confused. And this is who you should stick with, those who do this. Who stick to the sunnah at times of confusion. Who who, who, who put the sunnah over personal whims, desires, uh, positions, authority... And the rest of it. No. Now, the Sheikh, regarding the Sunnah, many people don't know that the Sunnah is Wahi as well. No. That Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, uh, He revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the Quran and the Sunnah. No. That's an excellent point, Sheikh. Uh, one which definitely needs to be spoken about. For when when an Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, uh, "Fast when you see it, and break fast when you see it." This in reality are not the words of Rasulullah This is Allah Azza wa Jal telling the Prophet to inform his ummah this because uh, like you said, Sheikh, the, the, the sunnah is wahi. It is revelation from Allah Azza wa Jal. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ He, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he does not speak from his own whims and his desires. It is only a revelation sent down to him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to remind the Muslims of his favors upon them. 
And Allah has many favors upon us. There is no doubt about that. But one of those favors, Sheikh, that I wanted to touch up on tonight yes. is the favor, the ni'mah of having the Prophet ﷺ sent to us with the sunnah. That's actually a blessing which Allah talks about in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ وَإِنْ كَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ In this verse here, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Allah has bestowed favor upon the believers. He's mentioning his favor upon the mu'min. Allah has bestowed favor upon the believers when he sent to them a messenger from among themselves, meaning from the Arabs. And some said from mankind, the same human uh, race. But he sent to them a messenger from amongst themselves, reciting to them his verses. Look, this is the ni'mah Allah is reminding us of. He sent him, reciting his verses and purifying them and teaching them two things, al-kitab wal-hikmah. And the hikmah, wisdom here, as the ulama have mentioned, it's the sunnah. So Allah is actually saying, he man, he favored us by sending us a messenger who came to teach us these two things, the kitab and the sunnah. So if this is a fadl from Allah upon us, and it is a favor of Allah Azza wa Jal upon us, why are we not adhering to it? Why are we not returning to it? Why are we not placing the sunnah above everything and everyone else? Because this is what Islam means. This is what it means to be a sunni. Ever since we were young, we called ourselves, oh, I'm a sunni. But what's a Sunni? A Sunni is someone who places the Sunnah in their life and lives their life according to the Sunnah. That's what it means. And the A'imma from the past have all advised this advice. And they considered the Sunnah to be salvation. Like the ship of Nuh, alayhi salam. They referred to the Sunnah as the ship of Nuh. If you ride it, you are saved. If you ride it, you are saved. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He did not command us except to take the sunnah entirely with no hesitation. Because the sunnah is the best choice. It is the only choice for the believer. And what the messenger gives you, take it. Look at Allah, no hesitation. What the messenger of Allah gives you, take it. So sometimes we get caught up, whether it's the moon sighting or whatever it may be. You might come across things where you hear a lot of kalam, you hear a lot of haki, you hear a lot of opinions, you hear a lot of intellectuals uh, who want to give their two cents and whatever else, and you just find people drifting and drifting and drifting away from the sunnah getting caught up in all of this stuff that you spoke about earlier, Sheikh. For really, our deen is simple. The deen is simple. And if only we return things back to Allah and His Messenger, we will be in a much different state. So this is a blessing in and of itself, that Allah has favored us with, with the Qur'an and with the Sunnah. So this is the, this is the way we honor ourselves. Without Allah a doubt. has honored us and favored us, favored us with the Qur'an and Sunnah. 
And the way we honor ourselves is by following the Quran and Sunnah. Without a doubt. And it, sorry, Sheikh, it's, all, it's our duty as Muslims, not only the mashayikh and the scholars and the du'at. Every single Muslim should have love and ghira, jealousy for the Sunnah of Rasulullah. Every Muslim should encourage and promote taking things back to the to Allah and his messenger to 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 get the answers uh, because the answers are all there sheikh our deen is complete today i have completed your religion for you our deen has been completed the sunnah has completed our way of life it has the answer to everything and Allah Azza wa Jal, He sent Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on this mission of 23 years to convey a message from Allah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam conveyed it perfectly. And he did not leave out a single letter. Everything that Allah commanded him to give, he gave it. And Aisha radiallahu anha in one of her famous statements, she said, مَنْ حَدَّثَكَ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا كَتَمَ شَيْئًا مِمَّا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ كَذَبْ وَاللَّهُ يَقُولْ يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُولُ بَلِّغْ مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ This is the deen. Aisha radiallahu anha is saying, whoever informs you that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concealed anything from the revelation, he is a liar. For Allah Azza wa Jal commanded him and said, O Messenger, convey what has been revealed to you. So how can it, how can we as Muslims know that the Prophet wasallam, who received this message from Allah, spent his entire life, day and night, passing this message onto us, giving us the best way of life, and then we go to something besides that, and we divert away from that. No, where is our love? Where is our passion? Where is our jealousy for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? For it is a duty on us to defend the sunnah when it gets lost. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, when, when you read the seerah of Imam al-Bukhari, he mentions two reasons why he allaf, why he... Um, he authored. He, uh, authored. Authored. Allah ibarik fiqh, why he authored um, Al-Jami' al-Sahih, or better known as Sahih al-Bukhari. One of those reasons was his teacher suggested it. The other one was a dream that he had. He himself said it. He said, I had a dream that I was with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I was holding a fan, and I was fanning the flies away from him, meaning the flies around the Prophet sallallahu and Imam al-Bukhari saw himself with a fan removing them. So he asked about the tafsir, and the, the ulama of tafsir told him, this means that you will be preserving and protecting his sunnah. And that's why he went and he authored Al-Jami' al-Sahih. We have to be defenders of the sunnah as well, Sheikh. We do. And it's not a duty just on the mashayikh and the ulama. Every Muslim in his home, on the street, at work, he has to be a defender and someone who honors the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, the main message we want to give our brothers and sisters in days like this is not to be confused. We know it can be confusing, but really our deen is simple. 
do not pay attention, no matter who it is, even if it's the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, of leaders, doesn't matter. Anyone who has diverted from the way of Rasulullah we do not need to take their words into consideration. For I think it's it's very important, and it's time uh, for us as a community, as Muslims, that that we we decide to do the right thing, and that is, without a doubt, taking things back to Allah and His Messenger. And that's success, dear Sheikh. No, that's this that's success in this world and the next, dear brothers and sisters, for us to put the Quran and Sunnah before us, meaning we judge everything with it. It's a measuring stick for our, all our affairs. So we see, you know, especially online, we see people argue, we see, you know, debates and this and that. All this is weighed, my dear brothers and sisters, with the Quran and Sunnah, with the measuring stick. This is how we know if we're upon the correct way, by following the Quran and Sunnah. Sheikh, what's our next point? Our next point, Sheikh, after the, the encouragement of following the Sunnah, it's also important to mention the warnings that Allah Azza wa gives to opposing the Sunnah. Because it's not only about the encouragement, but it's also about the fear of opposing. And this fear of opposing must be instilled in every Muslim. And Allah Azza wa has mentioned this very clearly in the Quran. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Allah Azza wa Jal says, let them beware. He's giving a warning, beware. To who? Those who oppose him. Those who oppose his orders. Meaning Allah and his messenger. And Rasulullah sallallahu What is the warning? What is the fee that can happen to them, the ones who oppose Allah and His Messenger, that a fitna or a punishment will reach them? A fitna or a painful punishment? Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, he asked and he said to his students, do you know what fitna means here? So Allah is giving a warning. Let them beware. Whoever opposes the Messenger, that a fitna might befall them or a painful punishment. Imam Ahmad said, do you know what fitna is here? He said, it is shirk. So the fear of opposing Rasulullah is falling into shirk. He said, and he explained why. He said, because a person will continuously oppose Rasulullah until Allah deviates his heart and he falls into shirk. This is the danger. This is why the sunnah must be above our heads. The, the sunnah must be our, 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 our aim and our target. And uh, the famous story of Abdullah ibn Abbas, anhuma, when he was asked a mas'ala in fiqh by a group of students, and he answered them by telling them, Rasulullah wasallam said, one, two, three. So then they replied to him and they said, but we heard Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhuma said one, two, three. So Ibn Abbas to teach them and to teach the entire ummah a huge lesson. He said to them, he made takbir from how shocked he was. He said, Allahu Akbar, I tell you Allah and his messenger, uh, I tell you the messenger of Allah said one, two, three, and you tell me Abu Bakr and Umar. 
And subhanallah, who is Abu Bakr and Umar? The greatest of this ummah after its prophet. And yet their words cannot be above the words of Rasulullah The most knowledgeable as well. They were the most knowledgeable without a doubt and the most beloved and the most God-fearing. And Ibn Abbas is telling them, I tell you the messenger of Allah and you tell me Abu Bakr and Umar. He said, I fear punishment coming down from Allah. This shows how they were. They never put anything in front of the sunnah. They never put anything above the sunnah. And this is how we, we should be, the Shaykh, whether it's community issues, whether it's individual issues regarding hijab, the beard, no. uh, marriage. No. Weigh it up with the sunnah. Without a doubt. The sunnah is your headlights. When no. there's no lights at all, you're out no. hunting, for example. No. I'm not a hunter, Shaykh. You know more about it than I am. <laughs> Fishing. Naam. The sunnah is your headlights. Naam. If the sunnah is not working for you, it's not on, then Allahu A'lam where you're going to end up. Naam. And this is why, wallahi, uh, uh, the sunnah is a blessing. Naam. The sunnah is, 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 is savior in reality. Naam. Like you mentioned it before, that the ulama said the sunnah is like Noah's Ark. Naam. Whoever boarded that ship, that huge ship with Nuh, will be saved. No. And whoever didn't board that ship, then what would happen? They are to be drowned. drowned. Same thing with the sunnah. No. Grab onto the sunnah, you'll be saved. No. Go to innovation, misguidance, hawa, which is what we see in, in the community no. a lot of the times, then you will drown, you'll be destroyed in no. this world and the next. We no. ask Allah's protection. Amin. Sheikh, moving on to the next point, Inshallah. We'll take uh, one more or two inshallah. more, Sheikh, Inshallah. Another okay. one is another verse regarding these same fundamental um, principles regarding when Allah and His Messenger speak. When Allah and His Messenger speak about something, there is no choice for the person. There is no option. When Allah and His Messenger have decreed something, we do not have the option. No multiple choice, no buffet. No multiple choices, no buffets, no all you can eat. <laughs> Cocktail. Cocktail. Whatever you want to call it, Shaykh. Allah Mustaan. Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, He says, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا In this verse Allah says it is not befitting for a believing man or a believing woman. He addressed them as mu'mineen, subhanallah. Because only the mu'min does this. Others will follow their desire. But the believing man and the believing woman, it is not befitting for them that when Allah and his messenger have decreed a matter, that they have a choice in that matter. This is what Allah is telling us. When Allah has decreed something, has legislated something, there is no choice. There is no choice. There's only sama'na wa ata'ana. That's the mu'min. So it's up to the person which side they want to be on. On the side of the believers or on another side. For it is very important, my dear brothers and my dear sisters, that we learn the sunnah and we implement the sunnah, and we spread the sunnah, and we defend the sunnah. This is the path, Sheikh, as, you, as you have said. So so the sunnah is is all that which the Prophet ﷺ said, approved of, and did. No. And, you know, think about it, at the time of the companions, they would follow him in, in his words, 
in his actions, in his approvals. But now we have the sunnah, as the, the scholars have explained it, have brought it to us. And that's why we should learn to love the sunnah, learn to put the sunnah before us wherever we go, and to keep learning the sunnah so we can implement it. Uh, it's very important, Sheikh, not only to know and acknowledge, but to act upon the sunnah. Naam. Without a doubt, acting, uh, the action is the fruit. It's not just about learning uh, knowledge on its own could be a punishment if there's no action uh, with it. For without a doubt, the encouragement is to learn the sunnah and to follow it and to implement it in our lives and our children's lives uh, also. Uh, and one of the beautiful statements for one of the salaf, Yunus ibn Abid, rahimahullah, he said, uh, uh, there is nothing stranger than the sunnah. And the only thing stranger than the sunnah are the ones who follow it. <laughs> and it's true, the sunnah to society, it's strange. Yani sometimes in our own families and homes, the sunnah is considered strange. And that's how the salaf understood it. Nothing is stranger than the sunnah. The sunnah is strange. It's not for everyone. Not everyone will follow it. But then he said, and what's even stranger than the sunnah are the ones who follow it. So when you have that vision, when you have that ideology where you want to live your life according to this great thing, the sunnah of Rasulullah don't expect people to be all lovey-dovey and accepting. And no, absolutely not. Our deen is strange. And the truth is strange. For we must have that determination and encouragement that no matter what obstacles stand in our way, we will only live our life and worship Allah Azza wa Jal the way that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi taught. That should be our intention. Shaykh, I had a, just an issue for maybe you can clarify for us inshallah is many people think the sunnah only refers to, to that which is optional. No. Growing up they'll say this is sunnah, that is sunnah meaning it's something optional or recommended. You do it, you get rewards. You don't do it, there's no harm. Nah. Uh, very what good, we're referring to. Nah. Very good point, Sheikh. Uh, this comes back to the definition of the sunnah. The sunnah has different meanings regarding how it is used. Nah. So, for example, uh, the word sunnah in, in the Arabic language, it means path. It means uh, path and way. So the word sunnah in the Arabic language, it means path. In the sharia, it depends how it's used. So according to the scholars of hadith, for example, the muhaddithin, the sunnah is what you mentioned, Sheikh, in the definition, everything that's authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ, from his statements, his sayings, his actions, and his approvals, and his uh, attributes, attributes so, yeah. both his physical and his characteristic. That's how the scholars of hadith define the sunnah. Then you have the word sunnah in like fiqh, according to the fuqaha, for example, in the books of fiqh. That comes down to, that's the ruling side of things, where we say this is a sunnah, meaning it's not obligatory. You get rewarded for doing it, but you don't get sinned if you abandon it. That's the definition of a sunnah in fiqh, okay? But what we are talking about, Sheikh, is now the sunnah as in, according to the ulama of hadith, the sunnah meaning the path, the way of life, the sunnah, the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
the sunnah meaning your aqidah, your belief. Uh, the whole package. The whole package. And that's why, like you mentioned before, Sheikh, many of the a'imma, they titled their aqidah books the sunnah. They titled their aqidah books the sunnah. That shows that the sunnah is much greater and beyond just jurisprudence rulings. It's your belief. It's your life. It's it's you wanting to be like the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's the sunnah. Anything else to share? Sheikh, uh, we spoke about this before and we said we're going to discuss this issue. Now, you know, one of the most commented things on all our platforms <laughs> is your deed. And once <laughs> again, on social media, especially TikTok, <laughs> Allah guide us and all those brothers and sisters on TikTok, shall they use it for benefit? Ameen. It's once again your beard by far. Allahumma so, Sheikh, can you just speak about why you left your beard the way it is? Allahumma barik lak. Barakallah. And what's the sunnah regarding it? Since this episode is about the sunnah. The I don't sunnah. want to make it just about no. you. I don't want to put you on the spot. No, Allah barik Some of the comments that we have had, I've actually saved some of the comments and no. we had planned. No. There's no time like the present to actually no. go over them and no. address them. But maybe just, you know, no. a minute just about that. Inshallah, Allah barik fiq. Okay. To our brothers and our sisters uh, regarding the lihya, the bid, and mashallah, tabarakallah, Sheikh Abu Abdurrahman uh, is not far off either in terms of uh, the bid. I'm sure he gets his uh, his fair share of uh, nothing like you of, of comments. Alhamdulillah. Nah. First of all, um, the advice that we give to our brothers and our sisters, and this is regarding every aspect of your deen, and that is uh, not to speak without knowledge. This is one of the most uh, dangerous things uh, that a person uh, can do. Uh, giving rulings or talking without uh, knowledge, uh, this is something Allah has warned against, and there is severe consequences Regarding this, the most thing that a person should do if they do not know the Sharia and the laws is to ask or remain silent, to ask for clarification or to remain silent. Um, without taking up too much time, if we are to get into the topic uh, of the bid, uh, what we say is that regarding the bid in Islam, uh, there are a number of uh, opinions uh and uh, views regarding the bid and what is a bid and how the bid uh, should be. Um, out of all these views and all these opinions, there are two which are considered to be respected and acceptable opinions. The rest of the opinions we throw away because there is no basis for them in Islam. By no basis we say there is no proof. But there are two opinions which do carry proof uh, and they are both uh, respectable uh, opinions. And what are those two opinions, uh, Sheikh, as, as you would know already? The first opinion is that the bid should be left untouched. The bid should be left untouched. And this opinion uh, it stems from uh, the proofs uh, from the hadiths of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where he commanded the man to let his bead flow, and uh, there are a number of wordings in the hadith uh, like al-ifa uh, and others, 
each one of those wordings uh, indicates to the same meaning in the Arabic language, and that is to leave. And the word leave is a command from the Prophet So this first opinion bases its proof on this, that the Prophet said, leave your beads. And the order from the Prophet means the obligation. The order from the Prophet means the obligation. And there are over 11 authentic hadiths where the Prophet commanded leaving the bid and trimming the mustache. Over 11, not one or two. We are speaking over 11 authentic hadiths. The second opinion, which is the second uh, respected opinion, is the opinion uh, that was practiced by a few of the companions, uh, mainly from the ones we know, uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu and Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, where in the time of Hajj, when they would perform Hajj, and this was obviously after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they will take from their bid at the qabda at the one feast. So whatever exceeded one feast, they will trim uh, after the one feast. So this is considered to be a respected opinion because it was the practice of some of the companions. It was the practice of some, not all, but some of the Sahaba. So if a person followed that opinion based on the proof or followed this second opinion based on the proof, then we cannot say that they are doing anything incorrectly. The reason why I choose to leave my beat sheikh is because I choose to be on the first opinion. And that is the command of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the fact that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, he has never been authentically reported that he ever trimmed or took from his beard, even though the Sahaba narrated that the Prophet ﷺ had a thick beard and he had a big beard, as it's mentioned in the hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For our advice to our brothers and sisters is to fear Allah and not to uh, make assumptions and not to speak without knowledge. For uh, this is what we uh, advise uh, our brothers and uh, our sisters and us uh, having our beads uh, long and whatever else is something that we believe to be part of our deen. And an obligation. And an obligation which Allah Azza wa Jal uh, has uh, obligated. Sheikh, just quickly, the, the, the sad thing I see, the ignorance you addressed to, is the actual mockery. No. Many mock the bead and other things from Islam. How dangerous is it to mock anything from the religion? The mocking... What we gave a, uh, we tried to shed light for the brothers and sisters who are interested in knowing why. Okay, it might fascinate some people seeing a big bead uh, as to why it is. Some people are genuinely curious uh, into knowing. Um, as for the people that mock, these people we do not give them the time of day because mocking anything from the deen is kufr. It is disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially if it is something which Allah azza wa jal has honored the Muslim man with and has commanded the Muslim man to have. Mocking anything in Islam takes a person out of the fold of Islam. So we advise our brothers and our sisters to fear Allah 
and not to make any type of mockery. For wallahi, the mockery does not harm us and it does not uh, phase us either at all. Alhamdulillah, uh, whether it comes from the kafir, whether it comes from the so-called Muslim, this does not harm us. We are honored to carry the sunnah of the Prophet on our faces. Uh, for if people are trying to get a reaction or trying to hurt our feelings with these types of comments, wallahi, they do not hurt our, our feelings. If anyone is going to be hurt, it is them. Uh, they are hurting themselves in the next life by mocking something that Allah Azza wa Jal has obligated and told people to do. So uh, people calling uh, the bead a broom or calling it dirty or whatever other um, uh, statements of mockery uh, that they make, we advise them to fear Allah because this mocking something from the deen, yes, it takes a person out of the fold of Islam and it is major kufr, not minor. Jazakallah khairan di Shaykh. It was an honor once again to have you and barakallah fiqh for this information and teaching us about the sunnah. And to finish off, my dear brothers and sisters, I thank you for joining us. I'd like to leave you with some final words that the sunnah is light. The sunnah is success. The sunnah is savior for you in this world and the next. So stick to it, my dear brothers and sisters, and never leave it. Barakallah fiqhum. Wallahu alam. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio. The voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.